Suspension performer um, for Villain Arts, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, she uh, is also a sex worker. And we're here to talk a little bit about uh, this wild ride that we call life. And I'm excited to get to know her a little bit better and uh, really uh, find out why she does everything she does. So, Sophia, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. <laughs> How are you doing today? Nervous, but I'm good. I'm good. I'm okay. Well, yeah, it sounds let's, like what you need. Let's do this. It's nice cold hands. The finest. The beer refreshing. That's the, that's the, the slogan, right? Right, right. The, the real uh, River West draft, I like to think. Yeah. It's like pretty much all I drink in the house. Um, I work at company brewing, so if I'm drinking good beer, it's usually there, but I never buy like, like good like actual like craft beer. Oh yeah, no I, good beer for me is like Coors Banquet. <laughs> That's like me going like I'm celebrating. Yeah. I'm fancy. Yeah. Um, Shitty beer is my like is my stuff. Yeah. Occasionally, like oh, if I'm balling out, I'll uh, go with the occasional like. Blue Moon or Spotted Cow mm -hmm. or other, or Moon Man maybe, I mean, New Glarus beers, like, I'll still buy, like, casually, but most of the time, if I'm drinking, like, good-ass beer, like, there has to be some reason I'm out of my house, you know? <laughs> there was, like, the Rogue beers, you know, the big ones that they have at Whole Foods? Mm -hmm. Those, there was a great one. Like, those ones I'll try because they're, like, they're, like, $9 usually, and they're big, and you can share one with, like, one other person. And they're always just ridiculous flavors and stuff. So I'll try those, but yeah, otherwise I'm just like, yeah. So it's like seven dollars, right? Yeah. <laughs> a beer, so it's whatever. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. When River West Sunrise Clearly is right there. Clearly, we're connoisseurs of the beer here. <laughs> but I like. I mean, I'll drink the shittiest beer to the finest. You know, I'm just. I'm a beer. Dude, I just, I'm a beer guy, a you know? Beer guy. Beer guy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I used to not be that way, and I was like, I'll never drink beer, and now it's all I drink. And yes. I'm glad. I'm glad, because I never get, like, a used to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Are you, um, are you a River Wester as well? Like, from here? Just you live or in the No, I live on the east side now. Okay. Um, but I was in River West, and then I, like, moved to Whitefish Bay because I wanted something quieter, and then that was, like, awful. White Folks Bay? Yeah, it was, it was actually surprisingly more diverse than I feel like people think it is. But uh, I was quieter for my daughter. That was, like, what I really wanted was, like, I like to be able to walk to the park. Mm -hmm. um, and so... That was nice, but it just was out of the way, and so then we moved to the east side, yeah. and now I'm going to go to Bayview next. Nice. Bayview! It's like the final resting place of right. the, the original River Western people. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I like to think, Bayview seems like, it's kind of like River West, but it 
has a little more money. It's old. Yeah. <laughs> We're all just old. Right. When We're like get older, over yeah. it. We're over like trying too hard to like deal with things to be comfortable. And you're just like, no, I'm just going to actually live in a quiet neighborhood with right. nice restaurants nearby totally. within walking distance. So. And Cactus Club is right there. It's the best. That's my favorite venue in town. Yeah, I um, <clears throat> I was kind of the flip side of you. I was on the east side for five years because uh, I went to UWM, so mm -hmm. I was living over there. Um, but this year I broke out of the college bubble and now I live in River West and haven't really looked back. Unless, of course, I'm going to uh, Oakland Euros or something. I don't really go on the east side too much anymore, but yeah, I... I love River West, like, I, I love, like, a lot of the people here, the shows are a lot of fun, like, things are pretty cheap, generally, so, um, yeah, I don't know, but I still do, like, I, I don't really, like, hang out with, like, any of my friends these days, because we're all, like, we all have our own lives, and a lot of them are still on the east side, so, oh, yeah. I do miss my friends. Come over. I make my friends come to me. Oh, nice. Hey. <laughs> hey, some My bed is much more comfortable yeah. than their couch. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes you got to be the host, you know? I am the host. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, I don't, I don't spend any time in River West. I spend most time in my bedroom and in Bayview because of everything that happens out there. Yeah. Um, just with, like, yeah, Vanguard and everything. Oh, totally. I still haven't been there. What? Still have to go to Vanguard. Oh, my God. They just did a menu change, and it is, like, it's the best Oh, one. word? Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, uh... Just shout out Vanguard. Uh, well, uh, should I go catch the bus right now? Or should I just... Should I, like... We can just do the podcast uh, on the way to Vanguard. Yeah, it'll yeah. be, like, one of those YouTube videos <laughs> right. where you're, like, reviewing food in front of everybody yeah. with the camera set up. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Nice Guy goes uh, food critic. <laughs> Dines out. Yeah. So uh, what we talk about on Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear, passion and creativity. And um, we've been uh, Facebook friends for some time. We didn't actually meet in person until it's past yeah on Halloween <laughs> at Company Brung for a Clownvis. I was a clown. You were a clown. And people still recognized me. Well, I was like I definitely like recognized you like just like from like how I saw you in your pictures. I'm like I've also yeah, I've been a clown. Right, right. I'm, like and it's this, it's my typical like makeup style, yeah. but more white yeah so i i get that but i was like oh everyone recognizes me how dare they because i don't know who anyone is here right well and i mean i it was more like well if i'm gonna have you on the show in a couple of days i might as well introduce myself so um yeah i went up to you and sure as hell um it was, was i it was you <laughs> um and yeah, that was a little bit of an odd night. Uh, I didn't stay very long. Well, um, I ran out of there. Yeah, I, <laughs> I left and went and got food. I was gone. Oh uh, yeah, I'm bummed that they just closed Pita Palace. So now it's like, where do we get like late night grub in uh, in River West? Oh, in River West. Yeah, it's all on the east side. Yeah, 
The shawarma place up on Oakland. Hmm. Shawarma House. Yeah, they're open pretty late. I do right? love that place. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty damn good. But but I was really excited to like finally like actually meet you in person um, because uh, I am constantly rooting for you like <laughs> through the computer screen uh, because you know I know that you've been because I live there. I live on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. Uh, I've uh, seen you uh, share a lot of personal things. Um, you were very transparent with uh, people on the interwebs, and uh, I know that you've been going through a lot lately, and I want you to know that um, I'm very proud of you for making it here today. Thank you. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a win in itself. Every day. Yeah, as <laughs> it will be doing the next thing tomorrow. Right. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, so good for you, like, you know, pushing on and, and dealing with uh, the, the motions and everything. Um, Same to you. Hey. You know, we're all doing it. Hey. We're all doing it. Team BPD, am I right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Um, but, yeah. That reminds so, me, I need to call my therapist. I need to schedule an appointment. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I do too, actually. He's I, I texted him a couple days ago. I'm like, give me openings this week. You can text him? Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, I, I wish him. I could text my... I would like... I would text, like, 911 if I... <laughs> <laughs> I would say I'll text right. anyone. 911's, like, on your, like, favorites. Right, I was like, help, uh, I'm hungry. Yeah, <laughs> right. But no, that's incredible that you can text your therapist. I feel like that's something that most therapists should have because most of us don't like talking on the phone. Yeah, I yeah. He um, I've been seeing him for two and a half years now, almost three years, damn near. But yeah, he. It's nice texting him because that's how I like plan all my appointments and whatnot. Like not having to go through like calling like the secretary or anything. Yeah, I hate that. Right, but. Sometimes he takes forever to respond, and I'm like, I'm losing my fucking mind right. here. <laughs> right, I'm like, I need my meds refilled. Like, yo, come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, right, 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 exactly. So, I still have, yeah, like, he hasn't texted me back, so I don't know what my next appointment is, but it's, uh... It's, it's, we're due. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh... It's about time. Right, right, right. Uh, the locals are getting restless. Um, so, I hear you on that. Ah, good times. Yeah, but... Good times. Yeah. How often do you see yours? Um, so, like, I was on my meds, and then, like, around February or something, I was on vacation, and I just, like, stopped taking my meds, because I was, like, feeling really good, and, like, typical borderline, I was like, I'm cured! Like, mm. everything was, like, because the meds I'm on, I'm on Lamictal. Okay. Um, I'm on, like, a bunch of stuff, but Lamictal is the one that I've, like, pinpointed as, like, the one that, like, does the shit, like, gets it done. It's yeah. exactly, like, what, like, targets, like, my symptoms of, like, you know, my behavioral characteristics of, like, borderline, and it helps. And, mm. like, so... Yeah, I just thought that like with uh, DBT and with the with the meds, I was like, I'm good, like I'm good. Mm -hmm. And as time went on, the meds were like slowly like coming out of my system. I was like, ah, I'm not good. Yeah. I'm not good, and I like hit a really bad place again. Um, that I was just like. I knew what I needed to do, and I kept like putting it off. It was like even though deep inside I knew like. 
you're not gonna wake up tomorrow and just be okay. But I'd be like, tomorrow I'm gonna be better. Tomorrow I'm gonna be better. Tomorrow I'm gonna be better. And that that never it never came. And and then I was just irritated that I was like, I'm I'm not ashamed. I'm not like mad about the fact that I don't I can't like be normal without like medication. <coughs> not like yeah, embarrassed or anything. It's just frustrating that I have to go and see a therapist, that I have to pay for these meds, that I have to take them every day. That's the hardest thing. Yeah. I'm so bad with consistency. So, like, taking something every single day is hard enough. That's why I don't take birth control. Like, I just mm -hmm. don't, I, I don't deal with these things because my brain is just everywhere. Um, mm -hmm. So, it was, like, just frustration. And then uh, my best friend was just, like, I'm, like, really concerned about you. Like what do you need to do? And I was like, well, I need to just schedule an appointment and just get back on meds. And he was like, call now. And I called and like, they got me in within like a week, which is just incredible. That's unheard of these The place days. I go to is absolutely amazing. It's, I, I mean, it's essentially a clinic, a mental health clinic and also a health clinic for homeless people. I mean, it's people that are like, on state assistance, um, it's really cheap. The meds are really cheap. Um, I'm pretty sure a lot of the like people working there are volunteers and stuff. Um, but they deal with a lot of homeless people, drug addicts and stuff. And like all, everything that they prescribe is like not addictive. So they don't prescribe any benzos. They don't prescribe anything. It's like that. Like I was on like blood pressure medication for my anxiety, like a beta blocker, because oh, wow. like heart, heart palpitations yeah. and like, shortness of breath and stuff. Like I would take a blood pressure med and it would help. Oh, like, wow. because they're like, we're not giving you a benzo. We're going to give you this. And it worked. And so, like, yeah, they really are incredible because they know that, I just think that they have this feeling that, like, if, if we're contacting them, that we really need them. Yeah. And so, like, and that's not the case with most places. <clears throat> but they deal with people who are, you know, in some pretty serious circumstances that are worse than, I mean, even me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in I live in a, ho a home, but there are people, if, you know, if somebody's reaching out for mental health care and they're homeless, then, like, they're going to get a van immediately. Yeah, for sure. So that's really cool. I love the place. That's I awesome. Love it. There you go. That's great. That's, like, it's awesome when you find that, that, that uh, clinic slash care center that, like, you feel super valued at you feel very seen and heard you feel prioritized yeah definitely like that's great um yeah my um meds have like also like done wonders for me um there's been a couple couple times like in the almost three years i've been on them where like i forgot to take them for a day and it definitely like will just throw me out of sorts for a couple days and I'll be absolutely miserable um, it's yeah it sucks um, but it's also a sign that for me like it kind of uh, reaffirms that like they're actually doing their job yeah you know oh yeah no definitely that was a huge thing I because I was on like four different ones and I stopped taking one of them and like, I like explained it to my psychotherapist. I was like, I have like all of my like 
symptoms like in a row like they're like on cards and like yeah. and then like the meds they're like they're like it's like shooting them off like and I'm like this Lamictal like got rid of this 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 and this and this this med got rid of this and this and then like I was like all I have left is this like anxiety that I can't seem to shake and my like attention disorder like that's like what's left but then when I was like, you know, getting in that, like, I think I can handle this. I think I'm like not cured, but like I'm, I can do this. I was like eliminating certain meds and then like that card flipped back up, mm -hmm. you know, like immediately. And I was like, okay, like back on it. Clearly like this is, is all part of this. But then like in doing that, I did, I was able to get off of one of them. That's good. That like was causing more issues than helping and really wasn't doing anything. Yeah. But it helps for other people. Like sure. other people have told me about Boost Bar. Mm. If you've ever been on that, but it's it gave me brain zaps. It gave me the it made me awful. Like it was awful. Um, but it works for some people. Yeah, really definitely. Well. Um, yeah. Same. Same with Fel. Uh, for me, it was Lexapro that didn't work. Like a lot of people are put on Lexapro. Yeah, like, I first. was never put on that. Yeah, like that was the one that I knew. Like a lot of my friends had been on. And it had worked for them, so that was the first one I tried, but it was terrible for me. I'm on uh, <clears throat> Effexor now, um, which treats my OCD and my generalized anxiety that are also kind of in accordance with being borderline in some ways, because like, you can't really medicate a personality disorder, um, and that's you can only really medicate the symptoms of it. But it's been great because it actually helps me be a lot more, like, proactive about when I am feeling off or when, like, there is something in my life I need to change. Like, I'm a lot more motivated to address it rather than just, like, continue to, like, you know, sink and sulk and be terrible, be miserable. And, um, yeah, but... There's just more of an awareness. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, once you start, once you start taking control of it, like, that is really, like, such a huge step, because, yeah. like, you're, you're 100% like, aware <coughs> of what's going on from then on, like, or not even 100, but you're, you're there, you're more mm -hmm. so than being, like, mm. yeah, <laughs> things are just happening around right. me, and it's you're crashing and burning, and You're merely whatever. existing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, um, so uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, suspense performing. Um, I know you recently uh, did that, like, that villain arts, like, thing. What exactly was that? So, well, I've been doing suspension since I was 18. Um, performance itself is just, like, a little sideshow thing that they have. Like, we have, like, Al Kazam. He's, like, a worldwide, like, performing... Um, contortionist and the enigma usually like comes around with us and does his thing and there's like Marlowe who's a burlesque dancer and there's some other like sideshow and stuff and then we have our suspension performance um, which is just basically yeah just hanging from hooks and lingerie like we just get to be pretty and do what we love to do and um, I am so blessed because like what started as like a hobby that I had to like pay for is like mm -hmm. now 
I mean, not a career, but it's like I'm getting paid to perform. Like that's like, it's like a musician's dream. So for me, right, it's yeah. like for me, I'm like I made it. Now I'm now I'm like, hey, mom and dad, like. <laughs> I get paid for it too, so you really can't be upset. Not that they are. My parents are totally supportive of it. But um, yeah, so we got to perform this year. I got to um, choose my own songs, nice. which is not something. What were they? Um, <laughs> uh, Silence by Sarah McLachlan, and um, I can't even think of the DJ right now because I'm, I'm like, my memory is so bad. Um, and I suspended to Orgy and Nine Inch Nails. Nice. And um, this song called 1216, which is just like, oh, it's so good. It's so good and it was so perfect. Like, it's just, it's just crazy when you can like listen to your own music and like get really into it and went inside. Like I've, I've suspended to like horrible music before. Yeah, and I'm yeah. just like, God damn it. Like this sure. is not, it's fun because it's suspension, but it's not, you can't get into it. Like, it's not for you at yeah. all. It's more for, like, the show. And this was, like, the first one in a while that was, like, really for me. Mm -hmm. And that was really cool. Totally. So, so, yeah, like, how, so you said you hang from hooks and lingerie. <laughs> so, like, by, like, how exactly are you held up? So there's like a rigging rope system that's like a pulley basically that's like hooked up to the ceiling. Um, somebody's like holding the ropes on the side that's like hoisting you up. Um, that connects to like a rig plate that's got like a lot of holes in it and from there like a lot of like loops of, of rope connect to the hooks that are wherever they are. And you can, you can hang from anything. Like people hang from their foreheads. Cool. A girl just went to Mecca and hung from her heel. Wow. Like one heel. Damn. Like, woo. Um, yeah, you can. So, like, I've, I've only done, like, I've done my knees, I've done my elbows, I've done my forearms, I did right here, I've done my back, obviously. And that's it. Damn. Uh, I don't really, like, have much of an interest to like go into like extreme extreme things like some of those things like the cheeks and the forehead yeah um but yeah and then the hooks just go in your in your skin and then they hook right up and they just they go in your skin so like incisions and damn I had scars that i could Shit. show um yeah uh, and it's all temporary like people are like asking me all the time they're like so you just have piercings there all the time? And it's like, no, um, you just have it, and then it comes out, and then it heals within like two weeks. Sure. So what are like, I guess, I'm interested in like, I guess like what skills does doing like that kind of art really like require, I guess? Like, well, personally what I do, like I do certain things, I spin a lot, and I like, um, I like pull myself up, so like people are always like, you're doing sit-ups, like sure. in the air, like what? Um, so yeah, I mean, for me, I don't think it's like a skill, I just think it's just like, if it's for you, like if suspension is like a natural, if it's what makes you happy and you feel like a natural like draw to it, like there is no trying, there is no like... Sure, so it's very like... It's like kind of freeform oh, sort of yeah. thing. Oh like, yeah, and like 
people are like, oh, you just look so happy and free and like you point your toes and I'm like, I don't even remember. Like when I'm up there, I'm like, I'm just like in it and I don't know what I look like. I don't, I'm like, hopefully that like, I know there's video, I know there's cameras everywhere, but like, hopefully I looked fine, but I don't really care. So you're entirely still in control of like your own movements yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and that's it. Like it's like a hundred percent like uh, meditation. Like I have complete awareness of my body, and that's it. Like nothing else. Mm -hmm. Like the people around me are gone yeah. for eight minutes. <laughs> like and like whether my eyes are open or they're closed. Like I'm just like. I mean, you don't ever get the feeling of like being completely off of the ground unless you're holding on to something or you have like a harness and like very few situations are you just going to have a harness on where you're hanging in the middle yeah. of like a room right. um so <laughs> it's it's very who knows i, I could be one day know. i just, yeah, I just could, walk into a room and i'm you hanging could do it here yeah i could just you know get a little uh little get rope a little action going um, because yeah, like, cause once you're up with pain, like there is no pain, at least for me. Um, and so that's not like a part of it. Sure. It's just, it's just, you're like, holy shit. I'm like up in this yeah. air and I'm wearing very few clothing suits. <laughs> yeah. so it's just fun. So it's like, um, so I imagine that's kind of where it's very therapeutic for you. Mm. That it, it's that meditative, like that Zen, if you will, yeah. of like, you're just in the air doing you're entirely in control like to music obviously uh preferably music that you enjoy so and it doesn't like it's not like painful right? well like the piercing is painful but i do use the experience like as a form of like maintenance on my like urges to self-harm and like my just overwhelming you know feelings and emotions and pain and stuff like it's definitely it definitely helps like I used to be like oh get tattooed or all oh, like whatever and I'm like I hate getting tattooed like I'm old it hurts and like I don't want to do that anymore and that's like too much like I don't want that that's like prolonged pain like suspension is like I get that adrenaline rush that like you know not to go into detail, but you know that it's yeah, just, sure. it's the same thing. And like, but it's controlled, it's done by somebody else. It's kind of the same reason people like go into like BDSM. It's oh, like, totally. You know, it's that like consensual. Like, yeah, like, somebody uh, else is there to make sure that like you can have that, but like not go overboard and like hurt yourself. And mm -hmm. like out of it, you get to do something beautiful and incredible and just amazing. And like the, just, like the community is cool too so it's just been it's just been an awesome thing to have like had a part of my life since I was 18 so it's awesome. been it's been 10 years sure. <laughs> yeah totally like how did you first I guess like get immersed into it like so do people just let you, like give like where I guess like where do you like I guess kind of get your start with it my sibling is seven years older than me, and they suspended then, so like I was 11 when they did their first one, oh, and wow. I was just like, I already like looked up to them so much just because we were both dealing with like a lot of issues, the same issues like with our mom and just everything, and so I like looked up to them like a lot, and when they started doing that and getting piercings and getting their tongue split and like all this stuff, I was just like, 
like, that's just awesome. Like, and my mom always, like, did stress, like, you know, be an individual, like, be whoever you want to be, like, and we both just really took that and ran with it. But when I turned 18, um, I, I just got linked up with this, this guy. Um, I don't remember what came first with the scarification or the suspension, but like one of them did and he was just like, oh, we're having the suspension in Chicago with this photographer. You should come and have your first one. And I had my first one and they did it so wrong and it hurt so bad. Yeah. It was awful. It was like the worst 11 minutes of my Yikes. life. Um, it was really, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was really bad. And then like, but it didn't turn me off of it. And from there I was like, I'm going to keep doing this. Like, I want to try this again. So my second suspension was like off of a waterfall. Wow. Like, so I was really like, I'm going to jump off this waterfall. And my last experience was like searing pain. Like, can't wait. But, um, so yeah, I mean, so it was just like, it was my sibling. And then, um, now I've suspended like more than they have. And like, I send them videos and stuff and they're just like, holy shit, like that's so cool yeah, that you're just really like, you're cool. doing like that I've gone this far with it. And like I said, like my parents, they originally were just like, no, no. And now they're like, so you performing? Like, when's your next performance? I'm like, totally. yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> it's, it's great. And that's beautiful that you can turn like, you know, harmful urges into positive consensual ones that mm -hmm. like you know you're entirely in control of that you see is like kind of like a a way of like cathartic but also being like graceful it yeah. sounds yeah so that's yeah that's exactly like you said before why people like bdsm because it yeah. replaces those negative urges or negative traumas or experiences with positive replaces it with positive ones yeah yeah it's great i'm i'm so thankful for it it's it's i can't believe it's been 10 years i, I just can't believe that i am where i am now and like just working with the people that i get to like see and they're just like a like a whole separate kind of family for sure and we all just get each other it all just makes sense mm -hmm. it's so nice. <laughs> Love it. We love to see it. So, uh, um, so also, I'd uh, love to talk about, um, so you do sex work, right? What, uh, I guess, within that categorization do you do? So, well, rewind to when I was 18 or 19. I was 19 and I filmed for Burning Angel. I did, like, I was like, went big. I was just like, I've like taken like one nude in my life. And yeah. then I, because I was really insecure about my body and like everything, like I had had an eating disorder for a really long time and I was just like, I hate myself. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to like apply for Suicide Girls and God's Girls and why not? Burning Angel. And then I like, don't even think I applied for Suicide Girls. I think that like I just applied for God's Girls and Burning Angel, and I immediately got a response and got the opportunity to film, like, a feature film, like, right off the bat, and, awesome. like, was in another film, and I just was, like, yes, like, I mean, like, regarding, like, my trauma, like, that I've gone through in my life, like, being able to reclaim my sexuality for the first time ever was just, like, wow, and, like, 
people want to see me naked. Like, oh my God, like that's just great. And it was just like, it was a huge confidence booster. And from then on, like, I was pretty much involved with like camming. But then I had my daughter and I did initially plan to go back to filming. But then I was just like, mm, I won't do that, but I'll still do like my own thing which turned into doing like dom work so like i've been doming for years um and honestly at this point like i'm not gonna lie i'm burnt out like i am burnt out on sex work like i mean it's it's been it's been almost 10 years and it goes from being like empowering to being like an anxiety inducing thing like knowing that you're like at the mercy of like all of these people like on a consistent basis like you're their source of like pleasure it's just it gets really overwhelming and like I think that like people don't consider that when they're like oh sex work is so easy being a stripper is so easy doing porn is so easy and it's just like yeah it's easy to like have sex and like set a camera up or like you know do what you do on a daily basis and have a camera there but going through the motion of like doing everything and being consistent in order to be successful, it's just, I'm just over it. Like there are certain things that I still really enjoy, like with like doming and stuff, um, like sissification and like people with like foot fetishes and stuff. Like fetishes are just like, they're, they're easy. People, those people are like easier to like cater Hasn't to. Hasn't that been a meme lately? I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. I haven't seen it. Yeah, you should find it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm 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 burnt out. Like at this point I, I do clips and I do stuff with my boyfriend and I do downwork mostly, I feel like. But even with that, with like everything that's been going on, like I haven't been doing much, which for the most part people are like pretty understanding. There are people who aren't, though, because they're like, I paid you once upon a time. Like, you're supposed to, like, pay attention to me forever. And I'm like, all right, have you hit some hard times? Because guess what? Like, I'm still a human. And, like, right. I still deal with shit. Like, and I've been dealing with shit. So it's weird because, yeah, people definitely put you in a place of, like, you're just, like, this person that's, like, on demand. And it's really stressful and it's. I'm lucky that my boyfriend is, like, really on board with, like, sex work. It's never been, like, an issue, really. I just have to buy him things sometimes. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm just kind of over it. Like, I mean, I, I loved it for so long, and I'm, like, so willing to, like, younger girls that are, like, hey, like, can you help me out? Like, I need advice. Like, how do I do this? I'm, like, totally willing. I'm, like, and there's other sex workers that are not willing to do that because they're, like, you're going to you're going to impede on my market or something like that. And I'm just like, you know what? Go for it. Like, make that money. Because that same person that, like, is going to buy from all three of us. Like, exactly. So if they're buying content, they're going to buy it from right. more than one person. There are some raging hormones out exactly. there. Exactly. Sure. They've already spent $15. They're going to spend another 15 They're going to spend another 15 yeah, right. And it ain't yeah. going to be on one person. Yeah, I saw that movie Cam. I didn't see it. I just saw... Like, people talking about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was on Netflix. And I watched it, and, I mean, I didn't really know much about cam work at all. But it cam was... Cam work sucks. 
Well, yeah, like Camwork's the worst. Well, it the the way the movie painted the picture of Camwork was as this like hyper competitive market um, between like several different people, and like it's like they're it pitted the yeah. cam girls like against each other and then that's kind of that's what leads into the whole like conflict of the movie in itself um like this girl gets her like account stolen and then she like can't do it anymore <laughs> and, like, um, i love that it's like 2019 yeah. this is the topic of a movie um right. i mean it totally happens like there's i mean there are sex workers who are like very empowering to other women or like willing to like give up their secrets willing to talk like help and everything and like but then there's people that are just like really salty like really jealous and like when people think that the sex industry is like an easy thing to just like get into it really is not like if you're not like prepared mentally for like what you're getting especially with like porn like real porn like brought like widespread yeah. Once you're out there, you're open to everything. Like you're, it's just like, and if I've seen it happen a lot, like most, uh, like I, I don't even, I don't know the percentage. I doubt there's like studies or anything, but like I, the, I there's so many girls that go into porn, they shoot one time, and I only shot one time, but that was, you know, I had my daughter once all my. The way that they timed things was different, but like, they go in, and they shit hits the fan for them like emotionally and they never film again and a lot of things happen just emotionally for them because like you're putting yourself out there a lot and you don't know exactly what's going to happen like in your hometown or with your family or with your like relationships with future boyfriends and you know people are always like oh nobody wants to date the porn star they just want to fuck the porn star so it's like there's a lot of things that like go around being a sex worker and it definitely isn't for somebody who's just like, I want to make a couple hundred dollars. Like, it ain't like that. It's it's rough. And, yeah, I'm finally to that point where I'm like, I think it's time to go to college. <laughs> I think it's 28 years old. It's right. time to go to college. For sure. Yeah, well, never too late for that. Probably use my sex work to, I'll probably still do it, honestly. It's, mm -hmm. always, it's always nice to just do, it's easy, like, for me, because I've been doing it for so long, and, I have a following. I have people that are gonna buy things, but like, yeah, I'll probably still go back to it yeah. here and there as I if I do go into college, like be like, oh, I've got these books to pay for, like, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> just film a couple videos for sure. Um, I never even really bought books in college, so thank because God. I couldn't, I couldn't afford them really. Yeah, they're super expensive. They are, yeah. Um, it seems like, um, and I mean. I'm purely an outside observer. Um, I don't know much about the industry, so like you know, please like you know, coach me along as I assess. Um, it seems like sex work is a very highly misunderstood industry by people like looking outside of it. Um, and I guess like kind of what you were talking about earlier, where it's like you know, you have people hitting you up and are like, hey, like you know can I get this, can I get that, like, you know, um, and, and I imagine, like, you feel highly objectified in that way, or... Yes and no, like, I feel like that's a thing where, like, 
there's a lot of internal like misunderstanding with like women that are in the sex industry and obviously you know men that are sex workers and stuff. Um, I mean that's the whole point. Mm -hmm. I mean it is the whole point is to be objectified. Um, it's just like on a certain people that go beyond just that like hey you're hot and I want to jerk off to you like objectification like it's like yeah when they feel entitled to things and that's just based on like that person's problems that is like that right, person yeah. so so yeah I mean it's like that's yeah I objectify myself and I that's that's how I make my money um but it's like yeah when certain people like cross that line is when I'm just like mm, you're just a you're just probably not a sane person in, in real life either. Like, I mean, if you're going to be like that, so... But that happens in, like, other circumstances. Oh, totally, you know? yeah. So, relationships. Right, and definitely, because, like, you know, I am a pretty avid porn consumer. <laughs> uh, Pornhub actually just came up on my, like... Like, you know how when you, like, put up, when you pull up, Safari on your phone or whatever. Oh like yeah, the first yeah. five of most visited like tech like websites. My sex like, video right there, oh, nice. yeah. <laughs> right there, first one. I'm like, yeah. thank you. Like, and it goes right to the page that I wanted it. <laughs> I'm like, honestly, that's pretty convenient. Yeah, yeah. Pornhub was recently came up on like one of those tabs for me. Mm -hmm. So I mean, I have been watching porn for a very long time, and I. I love it. Uh, it has allowed me to get in touch with my sexuality in a lot of really, like, you know, specific and also mm -hmm. very, like, insightful ways that help have helped me kind of, like, understand, like, who I am, what I like, how I've, I guess, like, just certain things that, you know, I derive pleasure from, certain things, like, I have, um, you know, admired or appreciated erotically um but doing and so it's like yeah like you know you are kind of like by default objectifying whoever is in this video or in this shoot that you're watching that being said it's not a bad thing to do that when that's all it is right exactly <laughs> yeah. and that's the point but it's like still being considerate of the fact that like this is still a human a being person. that right. has emotions that has feelings that is putting themselves out there taking huge risks really like going out of their comfort zone in a lot of in a lot of uh, cases and that's I mean that takes some really huge like admiration to do um, and uh, so it's like you know even though like yeah I might jack off to this person's video like they're still a human being, and it's like they're still deserving of respect, and they have boundaries. Right, not just like, oh, there's some hole, just right, like whatever. Yeah. You're like, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I feel like there's, yeah, there's like two different type of people where like, or three, I guess. There's people who are like really aware of that. There's people who don't think about it at all. They're just like, there is no like real objectification. It's just like hot, like, you know, get it done, whatever. And then there's the people who really are just like, piece of meat Entitled, or whatever yeah. like yeah, yeah you know like this is how women should be like type type shit Toxic so yeah. yeah you know I'm born. <laughs> yeah we're, we're right yeah but but I think that's a key thing to remember is that you know it's like porn has a very specific 
I mean, it has a specific role, mm -hmm. you know, is that we all have hormones, we all get excited, aroused. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. Um, Some more than others. Yeah, right, right exactly. Um, and that's okay too. Yeah, totally. And it, this, it can be a very beautiful thing because when it's playing on, you know, kinks or fantasies or, you know, um, just the, the yearning of, you know, of the sexual human condition, like, it can be a really beautiful thing. It can teach you a lot about yourself. It can teach you to be more open or comfortable with certain things you might be insecure about. Like, that's, that's great, you know, and that's, like, that's where there's a lot of merit to porn. But it's, like, you know, you still can't be, like, you know, a fucking shitty entitled piece piece of garbage and make someone feel shitty for doing what they're doing, taking into consideration what someone had to go through internally in order to be doing what they're doing, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, like I said, I've, I've gone through it with people who are so thankful. Yeah. <laughs> like, so appreciative and, like, lovely. All right, Sophia. <laughs> um, so I think we had a great conversation about BPD, Yes. about suspension performing, about meds, about sex work, about porn. Basically everything I talk about on a daily basis. Yeah, right, right, right pretty <laughs> much. Recorded for yeah. everyone to see. Right, well, right. these are, these are uh, important conversations to, uh, to bring out into the world. So tell me, Sophia, tell me what keeps you up at night. Money. Money. Bills. Right, yeah. God, that is like the, the, that's it. That's it. And the fact that I never write a, a to-do list. Oh, yeah. You know? I keep a lot of you notes You know, I know. That's like when I do it, everything is fine. And when I don't, I'm like awake, like, so I need to wake up and I need to call this place. And then I wake up and I'm like, so yeah, that's, that's what keeps you up at night yeah. is money and a lack of a to-do list. For sure. Fiscal. Keep a to-do list. Do it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the notes function on your phone. Imperative. Yeah. The fiscal deficiency. That's definitely real too. Uh, what puts you to sleep though? Uh, weed. Weed. <laughs> yes. Right. 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 The, the, yes. Uh, the pots. The pots. Yep. Definitely. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. I had a great time, too. Uh, yeah, it's awesome to be able to talk about these things with you. I agree. Um, we'll just have to talk about these things not on camera, Yes, too. off the it's record. It's nice to make new new friends. Yes, definitely. Deal with the same thing. Over at Hams, too. Oh, Shout out to Hams. Two Hams. Yeah. <laughs> Four Hams. Four Hams. Total. Yeah, add them up. Cool. Thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time. <laughs>